When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Leeds 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 podcast. My name's Joe Mewis, I'm your host here at Leeds Live and I'm joined by my colleague Baron Cross. Baron, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, mate. It's been a, it's been a, a busy, uh, exciting day um, in Leeds United's history. I think, um, you know, obviously the, the biggest day was, was appointing him, but, but now I've met him and I suppose you can introduce who him is. Him, uh, him is Marcelo Bielsa, of course. Um, we speak to on Monday night here. Um, been a long old day at Leeds Live Towers. Uh, and we met him for the first time today at Ellen Road. He um, did his introductory press conference. Uh, everyone who's anyone was there. He had um, the chairman, Victor Orta, Angus yep. Kinnear, um, all there to show off the, the, the main man, really, the man of the hour, Marcelo Bielsa, who, um, as expected, spoke at length. Uh, he's renowned for his long press conferences. It came in um, a shade under 90 minutes today, which was <laughs> uh, a bit of a result as, as far as we were concerned. Um, but he had loads to say. It was, it was a fascinating um, hour or so, wasn't it, there, Baron? Yeah, we expected it to be longer. We were trying to manage our expectations, and um, I mean, we were we were well prepared not to be getting out there until, until after five o'clock with a with a two o'clock start. We were looking at three hours. Uh, we'd heard some horror stories about how long they take um, on the continent from his time at Lille. But um, yeah, as you say, Joe, in the end, it was about eighty minutes, give or take a few minutes here and there, with uh, with a translation provided. So every question was uh, was translated for Marcelo, and every answer was translated for us. So time dragged on, but um, I think you're quite right. You said quite a lot of exciting stuff. I think the overriding emotion coming out of it is excitement. I think I think the club would have got out of it what they wanted. Mm. I think um, Marcelo said enough there to get the fans' his juices flowing. Um, he's an incredibly modest man. Um, really didn't know what to expect. We'd heard all kinds of tales and anecdotes about Marcelo and his past and how he doesn't like doing one-to-one interviews and, and whether he might be quite dismissive of the press, but it's quite the opposite. He was, he was a thoroughly charming man who, who gave us all the time of day. He answered thoughtfully, at length. Um, just go, I mean, you've, you've been doing a lot of transcription. I've done, done a few bits here and there, but um, just his answers to, to one-off questions, which would normally be two or three paragraphs in um, untranslated, mm. he, was, he was giving you know, seven, eight, nine paragraphs of answer. And mm. it's fantastic stuff to really get your teeth into. And we, we, we've put a transcript up this evening, um, which gives fans complete full disclosure on everything that was said. And it really will give them a lot of material to get their teeth into and really understand how this man's brain's working. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's as I said, it's, it's fascinating what he said here. Um, obviously, he was asked all sort of the usual questions that you'd expect. Mm. And while he, while he didn't give away any specific names when no, it came to quite well, transfers, he? players he wants to get in, players he wants to get out, who he's looking forward to working with... Um, as you said, I think what he did say gives Leeds fans a real sort of cause for optimism. You know, he said the sort of style of play he wants, he you know, is going to be this forward thinking, yeah. getting getting your foot on the ball, playing it on the ground, attacking first thing he play. Said, wasn't it? Yeah. First thing he said was yeah. sort of almost introduction was was the style of play, and it was it was much as we expected. You know, they want to play it, they want to be in possession rather than chasing possession mm. um, in the opposition half. So, and uh, one of the big surprises was. Maybe it's not a surprise. I suppose he wants to. He wants to keep up that squad morale. He doesn't. He doesn't want to come into the club and immediately start putting the players on the back foot, as it were. But um, I was quite surprised how positive he was about how many of the players that he thinks can play his style. You know, he's come mm. in and said that he only feels they need to strengthen four or five positions. 
which we'll come on to later. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a massive shot in the arm for a lot of the players that are at the club. I mean, when you look at a team that finished mid-table last year in the Championship, a thoroughly disappointing, desperate second half to the campaign. A lot of players would have thought that their days were numbered. And as we find out, it sounds like there are going to be quite a lot of players exiting. But even those that are staying, they must think that he really thinks something of me. And when, and when a manager of that calibre does think something, think something of you, I think he's going to really get some, some results from these players. I think if, if he talks to them in the right way, I think he's going to get some responses. I think you're right, actually, there. Um, what we're going to do now is we're actually going to uh, dip into the press conference. Yeah. Um, we, we've, got the, uh, we've got the audio here for you. So obviously, it's done through a translator, but uh, I think you get the gist of it. Uh, we'll, we'll kick off with um, what you did say about transfers and where he needs to strengthen, who he needs to get, get, uh, get rid of. So we're going to throw it over to uh, Bielsa on the translator now. Globalmente, el club tiene más de 15 jugadores eh, en exceso. We think uh, the club generally probably got 15 players which you might consider to be uh, an excessive amount of players, 15 y tiene more than they need. Cuatro o cinco posiciones por reforzar. And we still need probably four or five different positions on the field where we need to strengthen. Eh, Y en ese sentido, eh, el, eh, la dirección deportiva se ha adaptado a una idea mía de que el plantel no sea muy extenso. I think um, moving forward in a football sense, I'd say that the, the squad, to my mind, shouldn't be too uh, top heavy in terms of too, too numerous, if you like. We shouldn't have too many players in the squad that aren't getting game time. Entonces, al salir la, la salida de, o la potencial salida de, de, de algunos futbolistas que par, para que el número no parezca excesivo. So there might be some departures um, so that the, the, the amount of players in the squad isn't too excessive. So the squad's not too high in numbers, in other words. Está más ligada a mi pretensión de contar con pocos jugadores it would be anybody, basically anybody leaving, it would be more to do with the fact that I, I like to have a trimmed down squad, a lean squad, which is not going to be too top heavy in terms of numbers. En cantidad suficiente para que todos tengan minutos. And, you know, the, the sort of number in your squad so everyone's getting regular uh, minutes and game time, if you like. So yeah, as you can hear there, um, Bielsa, he said as many as 15 players. He just sort of casually chucked that in. 15 players <laughs> that he wants to get rid of. Um. <laughs> yeah, I did, did that story um, tonight, Monday evening on the website. And um, I described him as a smiling assassin on Twitter. It's, um, hmm. he, he was so relaxed and matter-of-fact about it. You know, obviously, of course, through translation, you can't quite pick up all the tones of, of the words that he spoke in mm. Spanish. But um, yeah, he was like... He was sort of very, very laid back about it, wasn't he? You know, yeah, I think I think we're 15 players over. There's, there's, there's 15 players excessive. It's, it's ex exceeds the number that I want to work with. So I think I think we all expected there to be a bit of an exodus. I think this man clearly demands a lot from his players. He hasn't got time for players that don't fit his style. I think that is, is quite well documented that that's the way he works. It was how mm. it was at Lille last summer. He, he quite quickly exiled several senior key members of the, the Lille squad because they simply did not fit into his way of thinking. And it's nothing malicious. Mm. It's just it's just he doesn't want to waste their time and waste his time. You know, he knows how he wants to play. He knows how many players he wants to carry forward. We're looking at eighteen players for an entire season. Do you think that's a concern though? Because yes, uh, yeah, Leeds played fifty-one games last season. As um, Bielsa kept reminding us, he'd watched every single one. 
Um, yeah, you did. And yeah. you, you know, you get to that point in the season, you know, around Christmas, January, February time. You know, you play, you're playing two games a week. Uh, we, we saw with Leeds this this year the the amount of injuries. Like the, the defence was was a nightmare in January, February. They had yeah. no no players fit. Uh, obviously, they had to call on some uh, some academy graduates sort of under Heckenbottom's mm. time there. But is just cutting ties with 15 players. Is that is that too many? I am, I am worried. Yeah, I've got to be honest. That is the worry. I think I've listened to to, to people who are far more knowledgeable than me on Bielsa and South American football. Uh, Tim Vickery, the BBC's South American football expert, he's a very very knowledgeable fella. He's done a few videos, a few articles on on Bielsa since he was appointed, and he says one of his one of his worries and um, one of his few worries is that. Um, it's a long season. Mm. It's a very demanding, physically draining season with, with a lot of weeks full of two games. You know, there's 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 very little time to recover, especially when you throw in the cup competitions, which yeah. Bielsa mentioned. So, it's it's a very valid concern. You know, to think 18 players, even without injuries, that I mean, well, that's just a bench and a and a starting lineup, that's, isn't it? That's just a match day. That's squad. the same 18 yeah. every single game yeah. without taking into account suspensions and injuries. So it's a big worry. Thankfully, Bielsa acknowledged it. I think if he hadn't acknowledged it, you would have thought he's, mm. he's going into this a bit blind. But he acknowledged that, that one of the pitfalls of his approach is it's a long season. So clearly, in his mind, he has contingencies. In his mm. head, he is going to be thinking through those worst-case scenarios, five, six, seven injuries, two or three suspensions, as we saw last season. So he's clearly mm. aware and has plans in place to react to those eventualities. But... We have to trust the bloke. I mean, this is why he's been appointed. I mean, Victor Orta and Andrea Rabrazani know exactly how he likes to work. It's no big surprise to them that he wants to work with 18 players. It is, isn't it? And um, as he mentioned on that last clip we heard from, um, he says that he mentioned uh, one or two youngsters coming through who could be useful. Mm. So we we saw a fair few youngsters. That was one of the bright spots from last season yep. um, come through. So, so you'd like to think that even if they're not you know, in that first team picture, opportunities will come for... Uh, I mean, Tom Pierce is probably going to be in the first team picture, yes, but, yeah. but him, Paddy O'Connor, um, Ryan Edmondson, and all that. Jamie Shackleton and uh, Callum Nicell featured. Mm. Nicell was called up to the bench a few times by Paul Heckenbottom at the end of last season, but they both played on the um, the infamous Myanmar tour. They did. And, um, yeah. Actually, looked pretty good. I know the opposition wasn't much, but um, they looked solid on the ball, good in possession. They're both very highly thought of. At, at they are, and, and we've heard that they are sort of towards the top of the list of that group of young players that Bielsa is willing to work with and develop. And it's quite frankly, it's very exciting, isn't it? Mm, it for, is for, I mean, for fans and the players to think that if this guy puts his time into you and you give him the time he wants, good results can be expected. Well, I, say, I think throughout his career, he's had such a good record working with young players. Um, and I think that will help sort of strengthen um, Bielsa's bond with the fans as well if he can get some young players coming through because obviously the fans like nothing. Uh, they they love to see a good young player coming through. They, they always mm. have done. Leeds have got this reputation throughout the years, you know, way back from the Revy era. Um, you know, the, the nucleus they were brought up through. So they always like to cheer a homegrown favourite yeah. who's come through the system. And I think Bielsa likes this sort of, this, you know, sort of clean palette, someone who he can work on, someone who he can does. put his Mind ideas in there. Yeah, yeah so... I think again, that's that's another upside, um, and that's one of the tenets of um, Radrazani's time since he's taken over, is putting this this time and effort back into the academy. Mm. Again, as I mentioned earlier, it's one of the success stories of, of last year was the performance of the under 23s and the 18s. They both, you know, did very well in their respective leagues. Yeah. Um, 
And you'd like to think that, you know, it's, it's really encouraging, this, this long-term thinking, which hasn't been in place for, for quite a few years now. Absolutely, yeah. So I think that's, um, that's, that's pretty exciting. I think, I wonder how many of the 15 he's going to get out. You know, he's, he's brought that number out. Of, it's out. easier to say, isn't it? He's than just do. said the number. Yeah. You know, he, he's clearly got that number in his head. I think it was probably just a, an easy sort of benchmark to put out there just for the general public, for the mm. fans to understand the, the kind of exits we're expecting. I mean... We've already seen Felix Viedval go for next to nothing. Yeah. Um, so I'd imagine there's going to be a few other fees waived in order to get players out the I door. I say just to get them off the wage books. We understand that Anita and Sabitsky probably aren't too far away there. They're two that they are very keen to get away sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, so time will tell how many of those 15 he gets out. I think we will see a fair few bombed out in the 23s who, who perhaps missed the, the transfer deadline. Mm. Um, I think there will be a few knocking around still that, that think they want to give it a go and maybe think they've got a chance. But... Um, We'll see. It may may well not be the full 15. That's a lot of players and a lot of negotiating to do to get them out of the door from a team that didn't perform very well last season. So you wonder how many suitors there are going to be. Yeah, shorter window as well, the transfer window. Quite right, yeah. Um, It's only got six, seven weeks, hasn't it, to run. So we we lose three weeks there at the back end of the window this year. And and he's mentioned four or five positions that he wants to strengthen. And he's not the first person to mention that number. I think that's that's quite to be expected. They are looking at quality over quantity that's it I think and there's, there is some, some gaps in the squad they, they need that striker yeah, clearly. probably a, a centre back especially if he's going to be playing no three at the back ha- hacking 15 out of the squad and then bringing in 10 so clearly you know, yeah. they want to bring the the net they want to have a net loss of players don't they yeah. by the end of the summer so we're looking at four or five key high quality signings and for those people who are in any doubt there, there is no way that Andrea Radrazani is paid for this guy to come to the club without backing him hmm. The transfer targets they're looking at are going to cost a bit of money and hopefully we're going to see some movement in the next week to two weeks because you get the impression, Joe, that, that, that pre-season with Bielsa is not the sort of pre-season you want to come in halfway through. No. This guy builds from the bottom rapidly. Mm. You, you can't afford to miss sessions. He will know that with his players. The, the longer he has to work with them, the better. They need to be there to hit the ground running. Absolutely. Six weeks till the season starts. I mean, mm. they need to be hitting the ground running with Stoke City at Ellen Road. So... I think they Especially do need the tough to get starts of the season as well. And, and, it's and not if just players Stoke. and agents are keeping them waiting, they need to hurry them up and get off. Issue some ultimatums, perhaps, because you, you know you can't. It's, it's it's a bit of a luxury to say we'll wait for the World Cup to finish. You know we'll wait for for, for the season to start. I mean it's just. Yeah. I th- I hopefully there's going to be movement in, at least in the next week I'm sure they will I, d- I don't think he would have taken this job um, Rad- Radrazani himself said he had had other offers um, I don't think he'd take the job without these assurances and we know going back from his time at Lazio that it's not going to be an empty promise yeah. if, if, Biel- if you, te- if you tell Bielsa something you have to stick yeah. to it um, famously he walked out on Lazio after t- just two days so because there wasn't enough progress because yeah there wasn't enough progress in the transfer market so um, it's, quite, it's quite interesting now putting uh, a face and a character to these tales now because you hear about mm. a man that walks off a draft for two days and think he's a hothead and he's he's malicious and he wants to yeah, disturb he, football clubs but and he's called El Loco yeah, yeah exactly. something you think which he's was going put to, to him today he, he was brilliant yeah. he was absolutely brilliant he was, he was very charismatic and you think that he makes these decisions not to be malicious it's just the way he is that's it that's it's it it's almost like yeah. he doesn't want to waste their time yeah that, that was, that was the, the point he came back to and about the smaller squad and, and who he wants to play is if, if they're not playing he doesn't see any point in having them there exactly he, so. doesn't, he doesn't want to waste their time mm. by sitting on the bench yeah. and being isolated yeah um, one of the interesting piece we're going to listen to now for, uh, from the presser um, he was asked about the championship obviously that's, that's been one of the concerns um, mm. from a lot of people is you know how does he adapt to this league it's, it's very different to uh, the French league the Spanish leagues where, where he's been in Europe so far um, so here's what he said when he's asked about um, his opinion on the championship and what he knows about it already Hay algunos estudios que dicen que es la sexta o séptima liga del mundo, 
eso excede mis apreciaciones, ¿no? Um, maybe it's uh, exceeded what I was originally thinking about the league here, but I've, I've heard that it's considered to be like the sixth or seventh best league in the world. Pero he visto estadios de 10.000 personas eh, que donde uno desea jugar. Eh, eh, es decir, uno ve un estadio de 80.000 personas y dice qué lindo jugar allí, ¿no? Pero también hay estadios de 10.000 personas donde uno dice qué lindo jugar allí. Lo que pasa es que son condimentos diferentes, ¿no? Los que ofrece un gran estadio o un pequeño estadio. Talking about the stadia, I mean, I've seen stadia in this league that maybe only hold around 10,000, but they're still, wow, really nice, neat stadiums. Uh, obviously, all, everyone else says, oh, it'd be great to play in an 80,000-seater stadium, but I think that the stadia here are all great, and they just they add a little bit more sort of condiment or sauce to the occasion, um, and, and they're all good. Donde, durante una parte muy importante de, de mi vida personal, los estadios eran como el del Fulham, eh, en términos de, de identificación, ¿no? aunque hoy sean como los que estamos viendo en el Mundial. Creo que, en mi experiencia en fútbol, muchos de los estadios que he trabajado en y alrededor han sido tu clásico fútbol estadio, como Fulham, que mencionaste ahí. Whereas now you, you kind of see these super stadia in the World Cup that we see on TV currently, which are like massive and futuristic. Ahí también hay sabor y deseo de participar, ¿no? De pertenecer. What what is key for me is I've got a real flavour for it, and I've just got a, a real desire to just get going and start taking part and participating in this in this league. So yeah, so it sounds like he's really um, he's really keen to get going on the championship, get his, his teeth stuck into it. I think he. Um, He mentions sort of like these these ten thousand seater stadiums. Like, I, I think he's a bit of a romantic at heart, isn't he? Yes, um, very much so. He was also, you can, as I said, we can you can read the uh, full transcript um, on on Leeds Live. Uh, he, he spoke really sort of glowingly about his time in uh, Bilbao, um, and I, I think he sees a lot of similarities from what he said between Bilbao mm. and Leeds. Um, he, he was asked sort of you know how um, the sort of the connection between fans um, and their team. And he instantly went back and told, told anecdotes about his time at Bilbao. He did. And, uh, you know, he'd walk around and the most common thing you'd hear on the streets, he said, is I'm, a, I'm an athletic season ticket holder. Mm. Uh, and I, he, he, from what he's read about Leeds, and, and, I, think, and I think he said, um, no one could know more about Leeds as a foreigner than I do. So he's, yes. he's he obviously knows, gone yeah. all in. He's, he's done his deep dive. He, you know, he knows exactly what he's talking about. Um, he just hasn't lived it yet. But he sees these similarities. Um, and I think that's a really good sign because... He obviously he formed a really good um, bond with the fans there, um, did, the players. Yeah. You know, it's um, Bilbao, obviously, famously a Basque team, so they uh, yes. can only they don't get any foreign players yeah. in or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that identity is big to him. And again, I think that's another reason why they've managed to lure him to Ellen Road. Is, is that thing? I, I think that's going to be fascinating to see um, how he connects with the crowd. I mean, you, you hope that he doesn't get off to a slow start because then mm. things might get rocky. But yeah, if, he can, if he can, if he can. You know, have, have a decent first month because it's a tough, tough first month yeah. that the schedule gods have thrown up. Um, and I don't think the club are going to, you know, be thinking of getting rid of him anytime no, no, quickly. No, no, I no. think those days that, that ship sailed now. I not think I the think money he's, it, you know, it's not like last year. We're not going to have three managers in the next year like we have done here. Mm. 
Um, so I think that's going to be a really sort of fascinating thing to look at in his first few weeks, how he, how he does adapt to this culture and, and the bond he builds with fans. And, and I'm really optimistic that he'll, he'll get a really good bond with the fans there. I really hope he gets that positive start, Joe, because we know exactly how this vicious cycle goes, mm, don't we? Yeah. You know, if he loses five of the first six, he, people are just lacking patience, aren't they? You're, exactly. You're the same old, same the, old. The Leeds fan base, they've been so starved of any success. Look what you know, to Heckenbottom. You, I mean, you, he came under pressure immediately. And I just think, that, I just really hope. I mean, this this is... This is exactly what Bielsa from the club would have wanted from this press conference. They've got the media coming out from there singing his praises. Look at you and I, we're, we're on mm. his side. You know, we, we want him to succeed, which Completely. is, of course, mm. a brilliant thing for the club. All the fans want him to succeed. So mm. he's made that positive first impression. You just hope that there's enough signs of progress and success there in those first few games. Um, mm. I love the fact that he mentioned Fulham's ground. Anybody that is a traditionalist at heart will go to Craven Cottage and will fall in love with it. I, mean, I, I had my first visit last season for the away game, and it's so charming. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a lovely little ground on the banks of the Thames, and I, I mean, this is this is a guy who football is his this guy's religion. He has read and watched everything you can think of to do with this with this sport, and the fact he's done his research on England second tier, you know, he's about the stadia. I've been trying to think which stadia is he thinking about the ten thousand because um, I've done a few, I've had a look at a bit of the attendances, the capacities, and there's not there's not many that are that small still. I mean, I think Rotherham jumps to mind, but that's a modern stadium. I th- yeah, I think Brentford, it's a bit, a bit bigger. Yeah. I think Griffin Park and Loftus Road are among the smallest. That's still, maybe, maybe that's, that's at least twenty, but yeah. Um, so I, I think it's. I thought he fudged it a little bit. I mean, he's. He, he, he went to pains to say he, he was aware if he felt he wasn't giving the answer that everybody felt they deserved. But um, he, he, he sort of he he knew that if he wasn't giving the answer we expected, he explained it. You know, he said, "I don't give these, I don't give hollow answers just to waste your time." You know, I, I want to excuse myself from answering this question for this reason. So, he did, didn't he? Yeah. I, I think you know we, we can't lambast him too much. You know, he's never managed in the championship. All he's done is read read about it and watch videos. Um, but I know today and on previous interviews that he's given that um, he is this big romantic at heart when it comes to attendances and baying crowds and the noise in football well, stadiums. He spoke about the, um, he spoke glowingly about Marseille. The theatre of it. The, the, the theatre of it. Yeah. Know, he's, um, he is he's a, a passionate romanticist about football and the event itself. Yeah. So a sold out Ellen Road. We all know what noise he that can make. That. He, said that, didn't yeah. he? he said he was asked about the Stoke mm. City game, and he, and he said again he didn't go into great detail about Stoke. You know he, the old cliche: there are no easy games in football. Yep, straight out of course that. they're going to be a challenge. <laughs> but he did say, you know, what I am looking forward to, and I'm very very excited about, is that first game of the season. What, yeah. what I think will be a sold out Ellen Road. I'm sure, it will. Um, yeah. So that that was nice. And he, he said, yeah, he said it would be like a Premier League game. Yeah, um, that's right. I've got the quote here. It's uh, he doesn't consider it a problem that they've got this hard start. It's something that, which really stimulates me. It's an incentive. Mm. So he, he's he's raring to go. You know, it's, he really is. It's it's great to see. You know, he's. Uh, I can't wait for that first friendly. Yeah, <laughs> down at Forest he's Green. It's, uh, I can't wait to see what he's going to put on the pitch. It's it's unreal. Um, the, you know, the the mind boggles. Forest Green Rovers hosting Marcelo Bielsa. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, not something we'd have predicted, uh, you know, even sort of a month ago, is it? Um, it certainly isn't. One of the quote we're going to get from here from the uh, from the press conference. Um, the issue of his um, his language came in quite a lot. Obviously, um, we understand that he's been uh, being taught, in, been having English lessons um, a few hours every day for the last few weeks, um, and, he, and he was asked sort of, you know, how 
how can he get his message across to players? Because uh, I think it was the, the journalist from Spain, wasn't it, from Bilbao? Yes, El who Corio. Said, El Corio, yeah. From a Bilbao paper. From a Bilbao paper who said he, he's, he's never seen a manager that uses his words in, so in Spanish so precisely and creates such like an atmosphere with his words. Mm. So um, he, he was asked sort of how he was going to get portray these ideas to his squad. So uh, we'll, we'll hear what he had to say here. La palabra, la conducción de futbolista es activar la emoción del de, de cada de, del que del intérprete del juego. I think um, getting players to play and uh, um, appealing to players' emotions and, and inspiring them to play. Eh, entrenar finalmente es eso, ¿no? I think getting your message across to players. El mayor activador de las cualidades de un futbolista es la emoción. Y la palabra es un camino si va acompañado de la sinceridad para activar la emoción. Y si sinceramente, Goes hand in hand with activating those football emotions. Por supuesto que cuando uno no domina el idioma, so if you, if you do struggle in a particular language, you're not expert in that language. Tiene una dificultad indisimulable. It's, it's unmistakable that you have a difficulty. Pero hay otras formas de comunicar, de demostrar que lo que uno dice o que lo que uno siente o lo que uno piensa eh, merece ser interpretado. But there are other ways of getting your point of view across, and something that you believe in sincerely can be uh, conveyed in other ways than just words or the written word. Eh, yo, By showing how you feel. Inglaterra es un, un país donde la tradición eh, es un valor jerarquizado. I think the, the tradition present in English football. Uh, The tradition, it's, it's a value which is guaranteed. Y, y el, en el, las tradiciones futbolísticas eh, también tienen consistencia. And here, uh, values in football uh, and tradition in football are very consistent with each other. Por lo cual creo que hay suficiente estímulo para inspirar eh, mensajes que lleguen a los jugadores. And I think uh, I'm, I'm confident enough to believe that messages will be conveyed and reach the players themselves. So there you go, that's, that's what he had to say, you know, on, on the language thing. And um, again, he talks, touches on the tradition of, of English football there, which, uh, you know, is, is something he really wants to get involved in, I think, isn't it? I think it, it goes back to this, this, this cliche that a lot of foreign managers give when they come to England, you know, football's a universal language. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it boils down to. I think he's aware that it's going to be difficult, but... He, he seemed to learn quite a lot from Lille. Um, I think that that whole episode really did scar him. You know, when when he was removed from his position at Lille, they were second bottom of the French top flight, and I think that has had a lasting impact on him. The saddest moment of his career as a manager, yeah, he said. That, yeah, I've got I, the words I, I here. Think, I think um, we've got the impression he feels like he learned his lessons. I think he felt the reasons for the poor performance were manageable and maybe were exclusive to that club and maybe the way it was being run. So I don't think he, he is concerned about the same problems cropping up at Leeds. I think he feels as though mm -hmm. that, that he can get his ideas across. 
Um, he mentioned the word emotions a lot, didn't he? I think he did. emotion yeah. was the key word, and he said that he knows he has worked out. You know, in his forty odd years in the game, he's 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 worked out that the way to motivate players is through their emotions and tapping into that emotional state, which which will get the best out of them. So he had confidence, and we have to take him take him at face value. Um, but I do think that with how complex his ideas are, that not all the players are going to find it as easy as each other. I think that. Hmm. They're only human. One, one or two of them will struggle with it inevitably. Because he had the famous quote once: um, "If if my players weren't human, we'd win every time." Yeah, <laughs> so I think that true. completely falls into what you say. Uh, there was another great line. What you what you said there just um, reminded me of it. He was um, he he was asked about whether um, Ivan Bravo had had a, an impact on him coming there because he's done some coaching at the Aspire Academy, and he, he dismissed that really quickly. I, mm. I don't think uh, Bravo's especially had much to do with this appointment. Certainly not what we've heard. Um, um, and, he, and he says, yeah, it's, it's the president and Victor Orta believing in him. And he goes, uh, and if it goes well, it'll be down to me. And if it goes badly, it'll be down to them. Yeah. Which it's, uh, it's, it's a superb <laughs> example that you pulled out there of, of, his, of the wit that we saw. It's that very dry wit. Very dry it's it's excellent, humor. isn't it? He knew it was tongue-in-cheek, but he said it nonetheless. And mischievous smile. And he got yeah. a few laughs out of the press pack. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Um, we also heard today from um, from the chairman, Andrea Redrazani. He... Um, he, he didn't sit in on the press conference. He was uh, look, looking in the shadows. He was in but, and out, wasn't he? But he um, he certainly he came and um, introduced him. So uh, he sort of offered up a quick sort of um, take on why why the club chose to appoint him, um, or, or you know, or how they got convinced him to come. Really, yeah. I think most clubs would, would choose to appoint him before things were level. Um, so let's just hear from the chairman here. Hello. Good afternoon. Hope you had a good summer. You having a good summer? Weather is great in the coast of the Yorkshire. <laughs> No, great to have you here. Um, we have a very good excitement today. We're here to announce our manager. As you, all of you know, uh, we appointed Marcelo Bielsa. It's a very exciting day for the club. Um, we, are change, we are starting a new chapter in our life, and we are very honored to, that Marcelo has chosen this club uh, to come back to Europe and coach for the first time in the UK. So just shortly, I will leave the space to Marcelo to introduce himself and uh, answer your question. I would like to um, remark the, the reason of this uh, appointment behind, behind um, for the club has been mainly for uh, Marcelo's background and his uh, career uh, that speaks by itself, but also for the desire to change mentality in the club and uh, to do it in a strong way with a man that could... Uh, bring innovation in the way to teach football to the players, but also in the, in the way to run the, the entire football department and the academy. And we believe that um, his, his philosophy and his vision reflect our desire to become a winning club and change the mentality of the club. And uh, the third and last reason, but very important also, is that Marcelo has chosen us. So he had other options, um, maybe even in higher level leagues, national teams, but he has decided to chase the dream of bringing back Leeds United to the Premier League. So uh, we have the same goal, we have the same dream, and uh, we are starting today to work together on, on this project. Thank you very much, and I let Marcelo to, to continue with you. Thank you. So yeah, mentions of the, the project there, which I think uh, is something we've, talk, we've talked about there, and it's... Um, yeah, it was it was a fascinating day, really. I mean, I, I think personally, I think he came across really well, yeah. Bielsa today. Um, and it was great to see like a packed Ellen Road press room as well. Um, 
I, I was there at the Heckingbottom um, first press conference and uh, the, the the two events could not be um, any more different really and it shows you just what the club are trying to do this summer. Um, what Rad Rosani's done, you know, he's, he's just gone, right, okay, that did not work last season. Yeah. Let's, um, I think it's to his credit. I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think he gets he gets really, really hard time as he should because the book rests with him. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's the man making the decisions at the football club. It is his money. You know, he'll spend his Absolutely. money as he sees fit. But um, I think fans cannot complain about how this pre-season has gone. They cannot complain with the messages that are coming from the club. It's been all positive so far. Clearly, Andrea feels as though he's learning from his his lessons uh, last year. The mistakes that were made with with Christiansen and especially Heckingbottom, which yeah. I really think he felt he, he got wrong. Um, so time will tell. I think you know he's putting his money where his mouth is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I, and I think yeah, going forward, the, ne- the next uh, the next big thing to look on the agenda for is, is transfers, which, as we said, was, was touched on today. But there's no real names, and there was never going to be. That's um, that's I not think, how these things work. I think clearly. Um, any fans who feel who have lost faith in Victor Orta will probably need to look away. Yeah. Uh, Victor Orta is still very much the main man. I think you have to give him credit. He he may get a bashing for the signings, but whatever happens from here on in, Victor Orta is is largely responsible for bringing Marcelo Bielsa to Ellen Road. You know, he, he he played a big role in that. He did, for better or worse. So we'll, we'll see how that how, how that move plays out. But for now, we have to be positive. We have to say it's a job well done by Victor Orta and Bielsa, who clearly been briefed. On, on a few of the questions that he'd be given had, mm. had obviously said that um, he made it patently clear that Victor Orta is the man who makes the decision on transfers you know he will bring names to Bielsa and Bielsa will give an opinion to him Bielsa doesn't necessarily pull rank or say we're definitely not signing this player or we definitely are signing this player he simply gives his opinion to Victor and Victor and the powers that be including Bielsa I'm sure will then make a make a subsequent decision so I think um Looking forward, we have to accept that Victor Orta is, is Andrea's man, he's Marcelo's man, and thankfully, if they're all working together, then there's, there's going to be less chance of a, of a breakdown in communication. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Um, quickly, before we go, um, sort of somewhat lost under under all the Bielsa news today, the uh, the players did actually return to training. Um, they're in there, the crack of dorm, you understand? Um, yeah. Yeah, at, at half past seven, wake-up call this morning. Um and the, uh, the the club have sent out some pictures of training and uh, who's that? But it's uh, Idaguchi and Klitsch are in there, which um, so strange. The, the lesser spotted midfield pair. Obviously, Idaguchi's never really been here. He um, he flew in to sign his contract in January and then was out to uh, Cultural Leonese on on loan, where he um, played about 100 minutes um, over the second half of the season. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, projecting forward if they've got a chance there. I mean. They're both new signings. Idiguchi's never been seen in a lead shirt, anywhere near a lead shirt, really. Mm. So um, that's one to keep an eye on this week, I think. Um, we also saw a cracking picture, didn't we, of um, Bielsa at his desk. Oh. For, this was, um, Fever pitch. This was, uh, everyone was very excited this morning. And um, Leeds put out this picture sort of uh, about half past 11 this morning of uh, Bielsa sat at his desk. No laptop, but he was there with... <laughs> no he'd, he'd raided the, uh, the Thorpe Arch stationery cupboard, I think, hadn't he? He'd got a yeah. set square there. He'd got some Tipex, some scissors. Um, the, the mind boggles as to, as to what he's going to do with all that. But it was uh, that was great. That certainly um, gave the Leeds fans something to talk about on Twitter. That was that was excellent this morning. <laughs> it was um, it, it was nice to get that, that little glimpse. I think I don't know how much we're going to get from Bielsa. I don't know how, much he, how, how, how tightly he keeps things to his chest, especially with the language barrier. But... Um, any insight we get like that, you know, seeing what he's got on his mm. desk, you know, his Marte tea yeah. uh, and his uh, <laughs> special flask. It was described as a Fabergé egg by, uh, by, by one <laughs> fan on Twitter, which, uh, which made me chuckle. But um, yes, it's um, anything like that, we're going we're gonna to snaffle it up, aren't we? Yeah. Any sort of insight into the way this 
this brilliant and and bizarre man work. We're going to be all over it to, to analyze every every little detail. And it was it was a forensic analysis of his desk, wasn't it? It was. Every, yeah. Every fan tried to sort of pick apart what was on there. And I think you're right that the, the set square, especially, really got, <laughs> got a tongue's wagging. It did. It was excellent. Um, yeah, okay, I think we'll call it a day there because it's been a long old day. Um, if you head over to leeds-live.co.uk, um, you can see all our coverage on, uh, on Bielsa Day as it's been, um, including the full transcript, which is really worth um, looking through. We've got plenty of video on there for you to watch. Um, we'll have more analysis um, as the day goes on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, all week really. Um, Don't so forget to subscribe. Exactly, that's the next thing. Please um, subscribe, uh, rate and review the podcast on, uh, on iTunes much appreciated and um, get in touch if you want any feedback good or bad we can take it absolutely um, yep you can get us on uh, at live Leeds United on Twitter um, Baron is at Baron Cross and I'm at Joe Mewis uh, and Baron thanks for stopping by cheers Joe Thank cool you, and uh, we will talk to you again next week cheers guys